Brother, you can go ahead and turn it on if you'd like. I have a picture of it right here. I hope that this works well. Normally I stand down there with a lapel mic on and I can see up there, but uh, I believe I can see well enough here with my bifocals. <laughs> Good to see all of you again here this afternoon. Well, many did not come back, but we're certainly thankful that you came back. And I want to take this opportunity to thank the elders of this congregation as well as the congregation for supporting this work since I think it's almost been since the middle 1990s. That's a long time, isn't it, young people? But anyway, this work actually has been going on since 1988 when we began the Botswana School of Biblical Studies in, um, in Haveroni, Botswana, which is a large country with a small population in Southern Africa. I'll be showing you much about the work. In fact, I'm go just going to update you on the whole work since 1988. And I do want to thank again the elders for their continued support. We have a great new work that's going on in Uganda. I'll also tell you about that work. So, brother, we're just going to go ahead and we'll see if this works. He said he, hang, he hung something out there. Yeah, there it is, a trip that we made in 2014. Now, Edith and I, although we lived in Africa for about 20 years, in fact, it was 20 years in the countries of Kenya, Botswana, and Zambia, uh, we now go back every summertime, what is called our summer, it's the winter over there, and we spend at least four to six weeks, mostly six weeks. The reason we didn't spend six weeks last time is Trey, our grandson, that's Ray's son, decided he was going to get married early in August, and so we didn't get to come back at the middle of August. So anyway, he's happily married and training at the Bible Institute of Missouri, so we're very thankful about that. If I were to ask you how should we and how can we evangelize the world, what would you say? Now the good brother just read the Great Commission that we're supposed to go into all the world and preach the gospel. That is to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things. So we not only teach, we baptize, then we have to also continue to teach them to observe all things until we have fully planted the church wherever we might go throughout this world, and that includes in areas of the United States where there, where there would be no Church of Christ. And so that's our goal. Well, how do we get that accomplished? Well, God, through the Holy Spirit, sent through the Apostle Paul to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.2, as you can read on the screen, and basically what it says, paraphrasing what it is saying, there were certain things that Paul committed, that is, the Word of God was committed to Timothy and Titus and others, and what he had committed to them, he said, now what you need to do is to go and commit the word of God to other men so that they'll be able to what? Teach others also. Now that is God's plan for the evangelism of the world. Now just a few years ago over in Abilene, they had a big mission conference where they invited 2,000 people to come from different parts of the world. It had to cost a million dollars or more to get all those people there and back home. But they were having a conference, it lasted for two weeks, and they were trying to decide what's the best way to evangelize the world. Well, I could have saved them from trouble and a lot of travel time and money. They came up with this concept, 2 Timothy 2.2, commit the word of God to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Now we're going to get to that principle, then I've got to get on with the PowerPoint. Well, how are we going to teach men? We have to, how are we going to teach the world? We have to have those who will go and preach the gospel. That's what Romans 10 says. How shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe on him in whom they have not 
heard, and how shall they hear except they preach, and how shall they preach except they be sent? And so what is God's plan for the evangelism of the world? That is to commit the word of God to faithful men. I appreciate the elder this morning saying that he appreciated the life uh, that we had lived to do that throughout our lives. And since we went to Kenya in 1979 through 81, I told Edith when we go back to Africa in 1988 to establish the Botswana School of Biblical Studies, unless we can establish schools of preaching and commit the word of God to faithful men, I'll just stay at home and let other people do what they feel they need to do to evangelize the world. And by the way, it is work. And thank you so much because it's through brothers and sisters like you that we've been supported and others who have gone with us and the work has gone on because of your loving support. Well, we go to the continent of Africa, the third largest continent on the earth, about 450 million people. Here's a picture of it, and we've had a great success since 1988. In fact, we were there in 1979 through 81, but actually started our school in Botswana in 1988. Because of that, well, right now the school is in Zambia. We've been able not only to influence and to have preachers in Zambia, and this is supposed to continue on. That, that star, by the way, is for Livingston, Zambia. But also in Botswana, which is a a country the size of the state of Texas, and Zambia also is a little bit larger than Botswana. In the country of Zimbabwe, some, was, some were talking to me about the work that's going on in Zimbabwe. We trained men from Zimbabwe. We trained men from South Africa, from Lesotho, that little landlocked country. We've only trained one person from there. From Malawi, we have students from Malawi at the school right now. From also, I believe the next one was Angola, and then Tanzania and East Africa. Moving on up to Kenya, East Africa, by the way, there's a little school that's being, uh, actually for many years now, it's being operated by a graduate from our school, that is Samson Omuteli, who was trained years and years ago in Botswana. I think he graduated in 1992, and Samson went back to Nairobi, Kenya, and established his own little school. He, he receives no support that I know of, but yet he's training gospel preachers there the best that he can. And also we've had graduates from Uganda and we have a new school that's gone in there since 2005. And other countries have been influenced. If you move over to West Africa, you'll see the country of Ghana. There is a school there now that we actually do not have to sponsor, but three of our graduates are actually maintaining that school and recruiting and teaching in that school. A little country called Eritrea over there to the east side of Africa and uh, I, that brother, I don't know exactly where he is now, but I hope and pray that he's faithful to the cause of Christ. And then there's another country that we've been making inroads into, and that is Mozambique. And uh, also, I believe up at the left part of your screen, you'll see the country of England. We do have one graduate at least there who's preaching and proclaiming the gospel of Christ. So you can see the influence. Now, when we went to Botswana, we thought we were going to train people for Botswana. But yet we found out that the people in Botswana weren't that interested. But there were people, that is men from other countries around us who wanted to come, so we quickly became an international school. And the rest of the story is we trained, have trained gospel preachers, as you can see, in many, for many countries in, uh, in Africa itself. And Africa, by the way, has over 45 different countries. Right now, we're located in Livingston, Zambia. It's a nice city, I'd say about 75,000, but in the very area, there's a million people. If you went into that city, you might try to guess what is the population of this city. You might have a hard time coming up with it. 
because it depends on the time of the day, how many people are in the city, but we do know there's a lot of people in that area. It's located in southern uh, Zambia, which is right on the border of Zimbabwe and the Victoria Falls, I believe you have heard of that place before. Now, this is the largest building in uh, Zambia. Uh, by the way, the last time I went to that building last year, the elevators were working, and that's the, last, that's the first time in years, but they actually had some new elevators in that building. So that was uh, something to be happy about. It's just a, an ordinary, they call it uh, a town, uh, some people call it a village because if you get off of this street and one more street, then you get into areas that look more like villages than they do actually towns, as we might call it. There are some modern supermarkets. There's two of them, and most of the Africans cannot afford to shop in these markets. All they may go in and buy some goods, but they really can't afford it. It's for the tourists who might come. It's for the expatriates like myself who can afford to go into those shops and to buy the items that are in there. Now. This is a place where you eat something. That is fast food. Now, we don't eat lions if we go in there. It's called the Hungry Lion, but they serve chicken. And uh, it stands right up there close to Colonel Sanders. I, believe me, it's pretty good stuff. They, for some reason, they may have gotten the, his recipe. I don't know. But <laughs> it surely tastes like good chicken. Uh, anywhere you go in the world, there's chickens. I mean, they look different, but they all taste like chicken. And I, I've always said, well, you can't be a gospel preacher unless you like chicken. We call it the sacred bird. <laughs> anyway, this is the second street. This is off the main street. And it doesn't look as bad uh, as the third street. Uh, this is sort of like the third street, although it's at the end of the second street. And there's shops everywhere and people selling goods. And these are the goods that people can afford to buy. So most of their... Uh, their goods are bought, uh, most of the Africans buy their goods in local markets because those are the goods that they can afford to buy. Well, we're right at Victoria Falls. I believe many of you have seen this before. Victoria Falls is in view of our school in Zambia. We can see the Moshi Otunda, the smoke that thunders, coming up. It's about seven or eight miles in, in uh, that direction if you're standing and looking out one of the windows of the school building. And it's a beautiful place. You don't actually see the falls itself, but you see the mist coming up from the falls. It's twice the drop of Niagara Falls. It goes 110 meters down, and it's five times the width. It's over a mile wide, and so it's a beautiful thing to behold, one of the eight natural wonders of the world. And although we don't go there for animals, we do see animals. There's been elephants on our property. There's been a hippo on our old property. We see snakes all the time, and you can just go not too far from the school and see animals just living out in their natural habitat, and that's a wonderful thing to do. Uh, believe, believe it or not, people like to eat this animal. It's a monitor lizard. Of course, they eat from the tail, but uh, Africans, and I've tasted some, I believe I've tasted some of that before, and here's a couple of lines. Of, you see those if you go just about 35 miles from the school. If you know where to go, you can go and sea lions just living out in nature itself. Now this is a hippo and it's protected species. Uh, this is the white, uh, a rhino, I'm sorry, a rhino. And uh, I took a close-up of this one. Well, uh, I took a close-up of this one and then it started coming toward us and I just turned around and said, let's run. And so I ran but Edith fell. And I thought something has happened. I looked back and Edith had fallen so I had to go back and save her. <laughs> no, really I didn't, but uh, 
And it was kind of scary in a way. Well, we had a guard standing beside us that had an AK-47, so I wasn't too worried. But anyway, uh, you see these, and they're out in nature. They guard them 24-7 because if they don't, someone will kill them for the, for the horns that they have. Well, we're there not to view animals, but we do that from time to time just because you have to have something to relax because you're, when you go there, you're on call 24 hours a day. Something is going on all the time. We're at the Zambia School of Biblical Studies. Formerly, it was called the Botswana School of Biblical Studies. We have a full facility there, three large buildings. As many of you remember, and some of you who have not been members here before, and maybe this is the first time that you've seen this, now, these buildings were actually built in 2003, although the school started back in 1988 in Botswana. Now, you're going to see a compilation of many classes that have graduated. You saw just the, this 1992, 1994 class, and we're going to go all the way through to 2013. We've actually had 12 classes graduate from the, from the Botswana slash Zambia School of Biblical Studies. Now, that's 174 men. And in, uh, in, uh, the way we've been in, be able to investigate what the percentage of those who are still faithful, we're getting down to around 75% of those who are faithful, and this is the important word, self-supporting gospel preachers. We've never promised and we never have paid people to preach the gospel in Africa. And people say, well, that just won't work. This is the 2011 class, the 2013 is also graduated. But most of these men, and they've gone to I don't know how many different countries, you saw them on the screen, not all of those countries still have a preacher in them, but many different countries where these men have gone and preached and they have supported themselves in the proclamation of the gospel. Now you can't really tell us that it doesn't work. And many missionaries will tell you the same thing, but some believe that you need to pay these guys when you train them, to pay them to go out and preach the gospel. Well, a lot of them will come and want to be trained so that, they can be pre so that they can be paid to preach the gospel. Well, we haven't done that, and we've been very successful in the work, not only here in Zambia and in Botswana, but also in Uganda, also in Ghana, West Africa, and also in two or three other small schools that I'll tell you about later on that are, have come out of our work as it began in Botswana and moved to Zambia. All right, let me see if this thing will continue to move. All right, there it is, 2013. Now, you might notice a young man uh, who is squatting down there. That's Ethan Young. Now, some of you may remember Rachel Young, our oldest daughter. Uh, this is Ethan, our oldest grandson, and he came to the Bible Institute of Missouri two years ago, and during his first year, in his great interest in mission work, then Ethan decided to go with us on a trip, and he was actually there before this class graduated. He was there in July. This class graduated in 2013. Ethan is now uh, single, young ladies. He's looking for someone who's interested. He's 22 years old. That's just a little advertisement there. He needs a wife, in other words, because <laughs> he wants to continue to work with churches. He's now uh, looking for his second uh, work up in Missouri. He hasn't been out of school very long, but I'm so proud of him and his standing for the truth and desiring to do God's will. And he wants to preach the gospel and he wants someday to end up working in Africa. And so that's one of the reasons I wanted you to see this picture. There he is. He's such an older guy now than he was when he was a baby. <laughs> I mean, that's natural, I know, but it makes me feel really old 
to know that I've got a grandson now who's ready to go out to the mission field. Well, there's our school in Zambia. And we have three buildings basically, and this building houses our cafeteria and also the place where they prepare the food, and then we have some offices. You can see these guys sitting around. This is a group of men who came for a seminar, and they're eating popcorn, drinking Fanta. There's a Sprite there also, and a Coca-Cola. You can even get a Diet Coke there if you want it. But anyway, they're having a good time there in that building. That building's about 75 feet. In fact, it's 75 feet long, 35 feet wide for you construction men. And then there's another building, this building, that houses our dormitories. It's 95 or 90 feet long and 35 feet wide and has three nice bedrooms. Here you can see one of them. So they don't suffer when they come to the school. In fact, this is pretty high living for many of them because they come from thatch huts, uh, mud floors, and not all of them, but I'd say about half of them come from a farming experience because they are farmers. And so when they come to our school, they believe that they have really great accommodations. And of course, these accommodations would even be good here in the States. There are ample showers and sinks and toilet facilities. Everything is provided for at this school. Then the other building is where, where, uh, that we have on campus. Our library is located in the middle of that building, and on one end is this classroom, which adequately is uh, large enough for 25 students at a time. Now, normally we started out we start out with 25 students. This time we had, we started out with 25 students, and we have 17 students who are now in school. After school has been going on, they're in their third quarter now, just like at Memphis or any other school of preaching here in America. They're in their third quarter of their first year. And uh, we're down to 17 students, and that's probably the, the group that we will graduate, not this November, not this July, but next July. We changed our schedule just a bit. But these guys are happy to be there and happy to learn God's word, and they desire so much to preach the gospel. Well, chapel's there every day, but they're studying the Bible just like they do at any other preacher training school. They're in class six hours a day, five days a week, uh, two academic years. They study over 40 Bible or Bible-related subjects. They do practical preaching. I mean, there are just so many things that they do to prepare themselves to work in local churches and uh, around Africa and other places in the world. And so we believe they're fully qualified to go out and do the work. Actually, our school right now, you see the three African brothers there are, have been actually directing that school, co-directors, three directors who uh, who are directing the school, they're teaching at the school, they recruit all the students, they've been doing that since 2003, and they're doing a wonderful work. We have many groups that go through there and help them teach, groups from the United States. Edith and I are there with them at least uh, four weeks out of the year, so we try to be there at least four weeks, so that we can also train, uh, I can also help train in the training, and sometimes I'll go back for special trips when needed. Well, our directors are Brother Peter Masilla, Brother Webby Kinnamanyama and his wife Jane, uh, Peter's wife was uh, Julia, and then Brother Godfrey Patika and his wife Precious. And these brethren are faithful brethren. And I know uh, we have daily, almost daily emails uh, going to and from. And so it's not like it once was when I first went to Africa. You send a letter to your elders and in a month they get it. That's <laughs> when we were in Kenya. And then uh, they send you back a letter after they've had two or three meetings, which you brethren know. It may take you a couple of weeks. 
So you might get an answer within what? Two or three months. It's not that way anymore. You can get it within two or three seconds. I mean, literally. And so we are able to make sure that everything's going well at the school and it's fully uh, accountable. Uh, we have accountability for every, what they call kwacha or dollar that is sent to Zambia as well as to Uganda. Here's another picture of the classroom. Uh, of course, I was uh, delivering a message there. But now the next pictures are 17 men that graduated in 2013, November 2013. Now, as far as I know, these men were from two different countries. Uh, you look at these faces, you look at these men proclaiming God's word. These men are going to be out there preaching the gospel. It's, from what I have heard and what I understand, I haven't heard of one of these men who have failed to go out and to do what they were trained to do. Now one or two might, I don't know. But the fact is most of these men go back to their villages, they go back to, which is really farming. Most of them are, are from farming communities. Some of them are from the cities. They go back to their cities. Some are from towns. They go back to their towns. And whatever work they were doing before, they try to get that work back. They try to do whatever they can because they know the brethren probably aren't going to pay them very much of anything. Although we've taught it for years that you need to, to support gospel preachers. It's been very difficult. I mean, these people live on almost nothing, as you might need to know. Uh, the average income in Zambia, 85% of the people live on an average income of maybe $25 a month. Uh, why can you afford it $25 a month? Well, first of all, we're not going to be sitting in this building. Number two, they're not going to be sitting or staying in a house that has electricity. They're not going to have running water. They're not going to have anything. They'll just have a thatch roof. They'll have a mud, mud walls. They have a mud floor, maybe if they can afford to buy one bag of cement sometimes, they'll put a thin layer, maybe a quarter of an inch of cement on there just to keep the bugs down. They may have that on the floor, and other than that, they really don't have a lot of this world's goods. That's why normally if some thieves come in and steal your pots and pans, if the people can catch that thief before the police catch him, he's a dead man. Because what he has stolen is the livelihood of those people. These people make nothing, but yet they have come to the school. We give them the knowledge of the Word of God. They go back and they preach and proclaim that marriage to the villages, to the villagers and to the people who live in the towns and cities throughout Africa. Now, these men have received a new bicycle. Now, this bicycle basically, well, these bicycles are given by Ron Gilbert. I don't know if you, some of you might know Ron Gilbert. He's with the teaching ministries out of Cookville, Tennessee, and Ron's been going to Africa for, well, I know the elders probably know him. He, he's been going to Africa, oh, I don't know how long. But he first started back in Botswana, started visiting us. First time he came to Botswana, he brought a suitcase of Vienna sausages, peanut butter, <laughs> peanut butter crackers. And I'm telling you, when I looked in there, I said, thank you, brother, for bringing that to us. He said, I didn't bring this to you, brother Jerry. I brought this for me because I can't eat this food. I said, oh, you'll learn. Well, he's learned, and now he doesn't bring any peanut butter sandwiches anymore or whatever. Because, well, you can buy them in the shop, number one. But he doesn't do that. He just eats like everyone else eats. But he provides these bicycles. I think last year he bought something like 35. 
Now, the reason for this is when these men graduate, if they're just on foot, maybe five to 10 miles they can evangelize with these bicycles. We've had them evangelizing as much as 50 miles, riding 50 miles to preach the gospel in uh, villages where the gospel has not been preached as well as in villages where some small church might need someone who's qualified and who knows God's word to come by and preach the gospel. Would you let someone just come off the street or even a brother in Christ who came in the door and had never really studied his Bible that much and didn't know much about the Bible, would you want him to stand in the pulpit? Well, no. You wouldn't want him to do that. You cannot proclaim God's word. Brothers, you well know. You can't proclaim God's word unless you know God's word. And so what do we do? We commit the word of God to faithful men who will teach others. And we have established churches. This one is right behind the school building itself. It's a nice building. Here's some things that go on after the service. They shake hands with one another. It's called the Highland Church of Christ. And these brethren were here now. I have to say the students were present at this day because we were close to a graduation. Now, Edith was able to bring over some things, and this might interest you ladies. It won't interest the men very much, but there's a problem over there, uh, and that is, and the African ladies have recognized this with uh, feeding their babies. And it, it was a problem in many places and the African ladies were wondering what to do about it. Well we had a, a sister in our congregation who's a Latino. They had the same problem in Mexico so what the what these brethren did down in Mexico is they made these things that are suitable for a woman to feed her child and also be covered up and so we brought a, we took about 35 of those to Africa to show the African women how they could use these, and they were really excited about it. They started talking about, we're gonna make these and sell them in the marketplace. <laughs> but anyway, it just helped solve just a small little problem. Some people say, oh, well, you're trying to change culture. Well, my grandmother did the same thing, and my mother did the same thing, but they learned how to be more modest. Is there anything wrong with that? Do we not teach modesty when we go wherever we go? Because modesty is next to what? Being decently dressed and not exposing yourself. And let me get off of that. But anyway, these ladies were thrilled about getting those, so that's the proof in the pudding, as we might say. Well, we've also established other churches. This is the church that is uh, located in, uh, close to the center of town, and it's the uh, Falls View Church of Christ. One of our graduates is serving in that congregation. Here's a picture of their assembly. They had about 70 there this morning. See that guy on the left side? I think he's on the left side. That's what I'm looking at. He's in that uh, wheelchair that's operated with his hands. Here's another picture of him. Now, this brother was converted by the preacher of that congregation. He makes his living by picking up something in town, and he has a little place where he can put it, and then he wheels and takes it to some store or some shop, and they give him a few coins. And this man is living this way. He's not dependent on anyone else. He has his own little house, and that's the way he makes his living. He found Jesus, or he heard about Jesus through one of our graduates. And so now he is our brother in Christ. He's just a real pleasant guy to, to greet and to talk to, but he's your brother in Christ. Also, Edith teaches a lot of ladies' classes while she's there. Uh, Ethan was out preaching in the Kazangula Church. Uh, now we've been able to purchase property for that church and uh, we're contributing to the building of that church building. 
in Kazangula, which is about 30 miles from the school. It's located on the Botswana border. Uh, one of our graduates is actually working there, and he will be preaching for that congregation. He's actually one of the sons of our, one of our instructors at this time at the school. Okay. He said, hold it up this way. Brother, what am I done? Maybe I turned it off. Do you hit something else? <laughs> oh, okay. Y'all saw it before I did. Okay. The Zambia School of Biblical Studies. Uh, this is a seminar we had in 2013. We're due to have another seminar. We're having them every two years. And the reason we do this is we invite people back who have been taught there, who have gone out and been preaching, who have been doing work in local churches, and they come back for a seminar. At this seminar, there were over 50 who came, and it was a three-and-a-half-day seminar. We had a lectureship where we preached to them and taught them other things. We had times where we got together and talked about problems in the local churches. We talked about problems in the brotherhood, dealing with all these different things that are going on in Africa that these brethren are concerned about and are trying to, uh, to uh, teach the truth concerning those situations. Okay, brother, there it goes. And this is a group of these men who were at that assembly. Okay. And we also had a wonderful time of being together and worshiping God as well as being taught. And another great party. You can see we, when we fix popcorn, we fix a lot of it. The only thing we got to tell them is don't bring your plastic bags and take it back to your room. <laughs> Otherwise, they fill up their plastic bags first. <laughs> okay, well, the great, one of the greatest things that happens at this seminar when we have it every other year and, of course, we do this throughout the year when we have the materials, is the guys, all the guys who come, we give them a box of books and we give them a box of Bibles, that is, English Bibles, as well as Bibles, hopefully, in their own vernacular, so that they can have the tools to go out and to preach the gospel and to show people and to leave pamphlets and whatever. And so they're receiving a lot of these things. Uh, we were glad to get those things out of our storage and out into the hands of people who can use them. And by the way, Brother Gilbert at this time is sending more Bibles. He's sending over 200,000 tracts to Zambia and Uganda so that distribution can be made of those tracts. Edith also teaches some classes, ladies' classes, as well as young ladies' classes. Now, there it is. And uh, this, this is such an important work. We just need so many other people going out and teaching not just the men, but the ladies need to be taught also. And so we spend a lot of our time teaching men, but Edith, there were over 40-some-odd young girls here, and they're dealing with all sorts of horrible problems. And it's just refreshing. Edith has been able and managed to talk us all into giving every one of these girls a Bible. You might say, well... Is it really worth it to give everyone a Bible? Well, I tell you what, every time she goes back to Africa, those girls come and they have their Bibles. And they're on a yearly Bible reading plan. And that's the way you build up the kingdom. It's little by little. But these ladies, I don't know if you know it or not, but I'm sure you do, that even in the United States, some of the strongest workers in the kingdom happen to be ladies. 
But how can they know, know how to do the work of the Lord unless they are also taught and encouraged? And so I appreciate Edith. We're not as young as we used to be, but she's always willing to go and do what she can to teach these ladies. Okay, for some reason this thing is working slow. All right, here's a brother in Christ who's a preacher of the gospel. He preaches at this little local congregation. And you might notice that this is a thatched building made out of mud. Now, they can build their own buildings. They don't last very long. This one is in ill repair, but the brethren come together at this place every first day of the week to partake of the Lord's Supper and to go through the five acts of worship. Now, those benches are not the easiest thing to sit on. Now, we've told them before, just cut them in half and then turn them up where the flat place is on top. Well, Brother Sullins, we can't get long enough nails here. And that means to nail the boards down. And we have gotten some long ones in the past, but as soon as someone sits down, they just topple over, so they just put them up there whole. I don't know how they get them to stand up there. I think they just cut a little groove and they sit that old thing down in that groove. But whatever, that's where they worship God. Most Africans, about 85%, this thing is changing without me even changing it. <laughs> Maybe there's some, uh, something going on back there. Hurry up, preacher. <laughs> But most Africans, about 85% of them in Zambia especially, and I don't think it's much different in any other country in Southern Africa or Central Africa or Western or Eastern Africa. About 85% of all Zambians live in situations like this. Now you might say, well, that's terrible. They're living in poverty. No, they're just living probably like my granddaddy lived. Both my granddaddies, they didn't have much. I know Patsy can remember when there was no electricity in the house. I can remember when I could look through the side of my grandmother's house and grandfather's house and I could see the outside. I looked down and, you know, the boards weren't fitted together and I could hear something underneath there. It sounded like a chicken. <laughs> and in Africa, well, the only difference is they don't have it up off the ground. But the chickens and the goats and everything else stay with you in the hut. How would you like that? But anyway, that's the way they protect them from the animals. But it's a good lifestyle, I'd say this. Do they struggle with materialism a little bit, but not much? They're daily in the process of trying to take care of providing meals for their family and the bare necessities of life. But it's a great life for them. And we might also it might also be for us. All right, another picture of the school. I think we're about to leave Zambia. Here is the class that graduated in 2014. 16 or 17 men from three African countries. And as far as we know, these men, this is 2013 class in November. As far as we know, these men are faithfully out preaching the gospel. Okay. Another picture of our graduation. Oh, we've got a few graduation shots. Then I want to go to Uganda because our time is just about up. We did graduate these men. It was a great graduation. As you can see, we were present at the Highland Street, at the Highland Church of Christ there, right behind the school building. My brother Ron Gilbert was our baccalaureate speaker. I was presenting associate degree of biblical studies, which they received. Also, they received not only the Associate Degree of Biblical Studies, they received a, there it is, 
a special Bible uh, in a box so that they could keep it nice and clean and use it when it needed to be used and care for it. They also received a lapel pin, the Zambia School of Biblical Studies lapel pin, and these men were now, have, have now graduated and are graduates of the Zambia School of Biblical Studies, and they have received a legitimate associate degree of Biblical Studies. Okay. This is the new class of 2016. This is a class that Edith and I will be with uh, coming up in uh, probably the middle of June. We'll be leaving for Zambia. We'll be there a month and then going to Uganda for two weeks. These journeys are not holidays. In fact, we have four children and 10 grandchildren back here and there's a lot of needs, but still we know that we need to go to help take care of those needs. Here's the last picture of the school and we're so thankful to God that we've been given the opportunity to raise this school up since 1988 in, at its roots in the country of Botswana. And now we're turning out faithful gospel preachers. Now I want to go to another place in this trip that we made last year and this is the country of Uganda. We were there from July the 26th to August the 6th, not a long time. But uh, since 2000, well, first of all, let's look and see where Uganda is compared to where we were. And this thing is just, maybe the battery needs to be replaced. Maybe I'm punching it too much. Okay, we, are, we were in Zambia, and now we're going up to East Africa. There it is, in Uganda, which is at the shore of Lake Victoria, the largest inland lake in Africa, a beautiful place. And basically, uh, we have trained in years past. In fact, when we were in Botswana, we trained Alex Barasa Oluma in our first class. He was the valedictorian of the class. I baptized Alex back in 1984 when we went on a mission trip before we went and established the school in 1988. And since that time, we had wanted to establish a school of preaching, or a school of biblical studies in Uganda, which actually was established in 2005. And so we go back every year now to see how that school is as it is in operation. And the country of Uganda is a beautiful place, although if you want to experience real Africa, you can in Uganda. I'm gonna try on this side, maybe this will help. No, it's not helping. All right, so you go into the seat of Kampala and there are some nice homes in Kampala. As you go along the road, you see a lot of things that you would wonder how am I going to get past these vehicles. This is a motorbike that's carrying uh, single mattresses stacked up. And believe me, you didn't get past him. We went for miles and miles eating his dust. <laughs> but finally he turned off to the shop where he was delivering these mattresses. But you see a lot of strange things and transportations that are going on. Okay, I'm going to try different things. This thing is just not moving. All right, there's another transporting some chairs. That's a lot of chairs on one little old bicycle. And you get behind sometimes sugar trucks carrying sugar cane, and that's really a killer. Well, a journey that would take you normally about two hours going from Kampala to where the school is now takes six hours. And it's because of things like this. You just can't get in a hurry. There's no way, especially with the police blocks all along the road. But you see a lot of beautiful sights, sights to behold. 
I may just have to get you, brother, start clicking it forward. And uh, this is, we passed the source of the Nile. Now, if you could see it, if you could look around the corner, going straight underneath that bridge, if you could see the place, they call that the source of the Nile River, which now, because of them finding out that the Nile goes down here and then a little bit further over, then it's the longest river in the world. And it's a beautiful river, but yet we, we are going a little bit past that. In fact, we're going about two hours past that to a place called Busia, Uganda. Now here are men making again business and those tricycles that they have, and this is the city of Busia. The school is now located outside of Busia along a dusty road. Okay, brother, can I ask you just to go forward? All right, when I tap it, will you go forward? Okay. Did you hear that? All right, I'll hold up my thumb. That'll be a lot better. Okay, we'll go out this old road now to go to where the school is located. And you'll see a lot of strange things around that, uh, that area. Okay, th if you've ever eaten chalk, this is what you want to eat. This is called cassava. And if you don't mix it with a little something, uh, maybe it looks like a white potato or something, but it tastes like chalk. But it's nutritious. And you see things like this for sale. There's some onions there, vidalias it looks like, but small version. And some... Uh, uh, some tomatoes that look like they brought them in from Mexico, but they train them there, or they actually raise them there. And then, next slide, then they have this little fish that's called a capenta. Now, it's a minnow is what it is. We take these and usually fish for crappie. These are small ones. And they still have their eyes and all their insides, and so they cook them in a curry sauce or something like that, and they smell bad and they taste bad. <laughs> but they got a lot of protein. So crunch, crunch, I've eaten about two of them in my life and that was enough. <laughs> but the Africans can afford them and they like them and I've, heard, I've even known some Americans who seem to think that they like it also. Okay, now we're at the East Africa School of Biblical Studies. Since 2005, we've had a school of biblical studies there. We've actually trained four classes and Alex Barassa is the director of that school and we have three other men who are working with that school and they're all good, faithful gospel preachers and well-trained. Two of them have a degree as far as a teaching degree is concerned, and the other two are well-qualified to do the work. Here's a graduating class, the last graduating class in November 2013. There were 10 men here from three African countries, and what was important about this class is that they had men that were going to be going over and working in the Congo. I think you've heard of the Republic of Congo? As far as I know, we have no workers. It was the old Zaire. We have no workers in that country, and so we're thrilled to death that now we're making inroads into Congo. We're actually trying to reach 174 million people in five different countries, and now the school is located the new, where the, where the new, new facility is going to be put. We already have the foundation in. Where we're putting the new facility, it's on the paved road that goes from all throughout East Africa. And so we'll be able to have a great influence of people passing by and seeing the East Africa School of Biblical Studies. And so we'll be able to teach many people and be very visible to all of East Africa. Okay. And we also had a graduation period. And now these next few slides, you can just sort of go through them, brother. I don't think they're on automatic. But these were the 10 men that graduated from that school. Now, I know for sure that all 10 of these men, there's the one from Congo that just passed by. 
All ten of these men we know are out faithfully self-supporting gospel preachers. All of them. Now, out of the four classes that we've had, which amount to 42 men, now that's not a, a large number yet because we haven't had the facility. Now we're about to have the facility. Out of those men, th uh, three, two passed away. One is going to church, but he's not preaching anymore. But 39 of them are faithful, self-supporting gospel preachers. We know because these brethren keep up with their own. And so why wouldn't we want to put a school in Uganda where we have our men who have been trained and we know they're faithful men and we know that they'll do the job properly. I go over there every year and sometimes more than once a year if I can to make sure that things are going on. If you, in case you don't know it, the elders of the Kansas Expressway Church of Christ actually own all the movable and immovable properties in Zambia as well as in Uganda. So nothing can be done on those properties unless it is authorized by the eldership in Springfield, Missouri. So that's a good thing to have, isn't it? Because we know that we're going to make sure that those schools remain faithful to the truth. If not, we'll move the instructors out that aren't doing their work and we'll move faithful brethren in who will do the work. This is the class of 2016. We only have seven this time, sorry, there's only six presented here. But only seven this time because we're in the process of building, brother. And it got hot one day, so the brethren said, let's move out underneath the tree. Well, we saw something was dropping from the trees and we looked up and there were bats. So we moved it under another tree. But it was better than sitting inside Alex's house because right now Alex is allowing us to use his house for the school. And it was a great time of teaching these brethren and to see their minds opening up to the truth and their greater desire to want to proclaim the gospel. There's a picture of me again in East Africa. Edith worked tirelessly on the library. She's a librarian for Bible Institute of Missouri for the Zambia School as well as the school in Uganda, and believe you me, she really works hard when she goes over there. Here she is. The last night, we were about to have to leave for Kampala and to the airplane the next morning, and Edith is out there at 11 o'clock finishing up the last book. I can't tell you that I was a real happy man, but whatever. We got the job done, or she did, okay? And again, I won't explain the cloths again, but Edith gave those cloths that those women used, so that's all I'm gonna say. And uh, Ethan was there preaching, also at the Buwimi Church of Christ. He went with us. We do not take our families, our family, to Zambia or Uganda unless they are going to be actively involved in the work. And even then, we do not use school funds or funds that are raised by our efforts for them to go. They raise their own money. I want that to be clear to everyone because some people, oh, man, he's taking his whole family over there. No. At $2,500 a ticket, you just cannot afford to do it. And here he is preaching to this congregation right close to the school. Now, out in this bush area is a guy who was trained at our school in Uganda. I'm telling you, we drove for two hours way back in the bush in Uganda and came up on this congregation. There's another picture of them sitting in there in their own place that they built. And they were saying, we need to make repairs. And, and uh, they will but they come together every first day of the week to worship God. Here's a picture of this man and his nine dependents that he has living at his house now. The new school is located right down this road. It's a beautiful strip uh, that's right outside of Busia. 
going toward the capital city of Kampala, about 20 miles outside of Busia. We're on the main road, there is power there. We'll be able to access water. In fact, we've already had a hand dug a borehole put in there where we have the foundation in. Now we need to build the building, about $30,000 is what it's gonna take, but the Lord will provide. We have some major donors who are very much interested in this work. And if you just looked out there, you can see the area as it looked before, but it really looks really good. If you ever get to come to Uganda, you need to visit this place. And I think you might can see a place is already graded off back there. And there's the grader itself doing the work, okay? And there's the road that we had to put in for the school property and the borehole. And the last shot, I believe, is the borehole itself. Now, this is 30 feet deep. It was hand dug. Now, there's water already in it. In fact, the water came up within like two or three hours. And so the guys would dig, and then they'd pail water. They'd dig, they'd put up the cement, and they'd pail water. They'd dig some more, and they'd pail out water. And pretty soon, we had to get a, a water pump to keep the water out of there so that they could continue to dig and put up the walls. But it's 30 feet down. I, didn't, I tell you what, I didn't want to go down there. But anyway, we have a subor hole now and plenty of good water. I think that's it, is it not, brother? Yeah, goodbye to Uganda and Africa. I want to thank you for your support of this work. And many of you may have questions that you would like to ask. For you who have never heard about our work, we teach, our, all of our subjects are taught in English. And in our schools, we teach with the use of English. Because as you well know, the British settled many countries in Africa years and years ago. And you can go back as far as you want to in the bush, in Uganda, Zambia, and many other countries, Zimbabwe and every little school will have its teacher that's teaching English, even today. And so we're able to say, okay, if you can speak English, come in. So we use English textbooks, English Bibles, and give them as much of their material as we can in their own vernacular language, and then we send them out, and they go out and they preach the gospel. So that way, or, I mean, there's no way we could accomplish it, what we wanted to do. If we had to teach in, well, the last time we had represented maybe five uh, different languages at the school, but all of them spoke English. So uh, thank you very much for your support. The time is gone. I mean, I think you expect that from missionaries anyway, don't you? Well, at least I can say I don't have slides. Some people say, oh, yes, you do. It's just in PowerPoint form. <laughs> well, maybe next time I can bring a video. But really, uh, thank you for your love and support. We've been involved in the work now for well, in Africa for over 30 years. Uh, some of you may have known Lloyd and Pearl Henson, who worked with us in Zambia for a long time. Brother Lloyd, at 91 years of age, passed away this year, and his wife passed away about two years ago. And they're one of the main reasons that we moved the school to Zambia back in 1995. And so if you knew them, I want to tell you that they have passed away, and uh, they had served the Lord for 40 years in Zambia. And we appreciate so much the good work that they did there. If you're not a Christian, I believe that you probably know right now what you need to do to obey Christ. If you're willing to confess that Jesus is the Christ, having repented of your sins, and be baptized into Christ for the remission of your sins, you can become a Christian. Just like those who are taught in Africa, you yourself tonight can become a child of God. And we have the facility necessary. You don't have to go down to the river or to the creek or whatever. We can baptize you right here and you can become one with Christ. 
And that's a wonderful blessing in this country. So it's your decision, the decision you must make and the decision you need to make. We need you in the kingdom to help us do the great works that need to be done. Also, if you're a Christian, you desire the prayers of this congregation, we ask and we pray that you'll come as together we stand and sing.